Hey everyone, welcome to B2B Made Simple. I'm Sam Moss, the CEO and co-founder of OneClick Agency. On this show, I interview marketing experts from fast-growing B2B SaaS companies. We feature podcast episodes I'm a guest on, and sometimes we throw in a consulting call I've done with another company. Our goal with this show is to equip you and give you the tools you need to be the best marketer you can be. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to B2B Made Simple. This was an episode I did on the Mastering B2B Marketing Podcast with Jesus McDonald. I've done a few podcasts with him. It's a lot of fun. Um, Him and I are good friends, and we love to riff on what we're doing on LinkedIn and in our podcast. Um, So that's actually what I talk about today. I go through my exact LinkedIn process, how we're um, creating pipeline and revenue uh, for OneClick through LinkedIn, what kind of content I'm putting out, the strategy and the thought process behind it. On top of that, we dive into how we structure our podcast, what it's like to run it, how we use it for our marketing, how it impacts our business development strategy, and really like the overall take a step back. What is it that we're doing with our podcast? Um, So hopefully this is helpful to you if your marketing team is running a podcast or if you want to get started or if you have um, your employees and people working in your company posting on LinkedIn, you can hear why I do it and why it's, I think it's really important in the B2B world. So hopefully you find this helpful and stay tuned. What's up guys? It's Asus McDonald. Guest I have today, special guest, my good friend, Sam Moss. Sam, welcome to the show again. Hey, hey, Seuss. Appreciate you having me back for, I don't even know what number this is, maybe three or four. Uh, either way. I think it's like two or three. Yeah. We've done a couple. Of them. You know, I yeah. had somebody on my show earlier today and they said, wow, you're on podcast number 120 something. And I'm like, I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> I just keep going, going and going. I'm like, I didn't even know I was over a hundred. So that's pretty awesome. But yes, I'm happy to have you, especially with the new brand, uh, Mastering B2B Marketing Podcast. Uh, I wanted to bring you on specifically to talk a little bit about podcasting in LinkedIn, because I know from just watching you on LinkedIn in my feed, um, I'm, you're totally upping your game when it comes to the LinkedIn content. Uh, I'm seeing the images, I see the videos and everything, and wanted to touch on that a little bit. Um, what is your exact podcast process exact podcast process so we we bring on guests to our show um so primarily cmos vps and directors of marketing mm-hmm. um to share their insights on the industry with our audience um and their peers so once we record um we put the podcast up uh we use anchor throw it up on anchor um add an intro outro to it don't do a ton of editing and then it's a podcast right Mm -hmm. but when we're on zoom is uh that's where we record we record the video and the audio and then we go in and we chop up the video um to like micro clips and then we distribute that content on linkedin because if we were to just to take the link to our podcast and put that in a post and say hey go listen no one's really going to click on that um, it's not going to be interesting. So we actually take value from the episode itself, mm-hmm. put it on LinkedIn and then let people consume the content. And then we take the link to the show and we put it in the comments. And then we do the same thing with, um, quote graphics. So if there's an interesting point that the guest brings up, then we turn it into a quote, put their, uh, their face on it and then put it up on LinkedIn. Um, I think that a lot of companies 
when they start a podcast, they kind of sleep on the distribution side of things and just hope that people will discover the show in Apple or Spotify. And I think the key is really chopping up the content and getting it out to the world in short form. Is there a certain strategy to figuring out the number of short clips that you get from the full video or, or is it just, nope, we only do um, three and that's it. So for us, um, we're doing one right now. And then if we have like a bigger name guest, we'll go like two or three. So for example, um, Chris is like Chris Walker. We had on the show and he's like the, uh, the only one we did this for so far, well, we got like 10 videos out of his podcast. Um, and we like blasted that on LinkedIn. Um, we even made a slide deck out of, you know, something that he brought up, which was really interesting. It did really well. Um, so that one, we got a ton of content from, but in general, uh, we normally chop up one to two videos and then we send it to the guests and then we post it on LinkedIn. Um, with copy as well, just in case people don't watch the video. I think that's important. Um, could we get more out of our, out of our podcast? Yes, for sure. But right now it's more of a resources thing. Um, when it comes to like, how much can we get out of it? And then on top of that, um, we'd be posting multiple times a day on LinkedIn as well. We'd run out of room (laughs) on our pages. So, uh, this is like the sweet spot for us right now. Nice. And then you started YouTube recently. Mm-hmm. a YouTube channel. Uh, do you also upload the full, uh, you know, episode there and then the short clip as well, or are you, is that still in experiment phase? So it's in the experimental phase for sure. If you were to go look at our, our YouTube right now, it has just a few videos up because we have mm-hmm. like this library that we have to get onto the channel. Um, but right now what we're doing is we are taking the entire episode, the video format, and we're putting it on YouTube, hopefully for some discoverability. And then also for like, if people want to go and see like what shows have been out there and they're not really into the podcasting world and they'd like to see video and like facial expressions and things like that, then right. that's there for them to go do that. Um, again, very, very early stages. Um, when it comes to like the shorter clips though, um, one thing that does have a lot of reach that we will be trying out eventually are YouTube shorts. Um, the organic potential that you have with that, just because YouTube, it's new to YouTube and YouTube's going to prioritize it because it's right. new and they want people to use it. Um, you might be able to get some, some good reach out of that. So we'll, we'll try it out soon, but we haven't done that yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Are you guys also going to experiment with, uh, TikTok and Instagram at all, or just with TikTok eventually in the future? So Instagram, we haven't done anything with. Um, the platform overall is extremely mature, but there's a, there's like a catch. They have Instagram reels now, which is extremely prioritized by, by Instagram because it's a new feature and they want to pull people off TikTok to Instagram. So you get a ton of organic reach with Instagram reels. So like, even though the platform as a whole is mature and you don't get a lot of reach that sector or that like function of, of Instagram could build a page massively. Um, so that's really interesting, even though we haven't tried it yeah. as for, as for TikTok, um, honestly, all I've, all I've pretty much done is use like their video editor and their music and made a couple like marketing videos and then saved it and then put it on LinkedIn because that's where I have an audience. And I've posted, uh, 
on TikTok, those videos, and they don't do super well by any means, but it is interesting to know that like more marketers are going to be on there and are on there consuming content. Because when I post on LinkedIn, the TikTok video, it does like really well. And then people are like, oh, I didn't know there was a marketing side of TikTok. (laughs) I'm already on it. I'll have to go like follow you. So it's, it's funny to think about, but eventually that's where everyone will be, whether it's, whether Instagram reels kind of takes over, um, TikTok kind of like they did Snapchat and now no one really uses Snapchat either way. People are going to be on Instagram doing that, or they're going to be on TikTok. So it's something to keep in mind. Totally. The other question I was going to ask you is content strategy. So what's your mindset? What's your content strategy when it comes to LinkedIn? Cause there's a lot of people that want to know, uh, specifically, you know, what's a good time to post? Um, how often should I post on LinkedIn? Uh, so thought I'd just ask you directly. Yeah. So right now it's a, my page specifically is a combination of content that we get from our podcasts. So one graphic, one video, normally in the beginning of the week and the end of the week is when I would post those. And that gives me three to four days for the rest of the week. Um, like business days is typically what I'm posting right now to create my own content. A lot of it's written. Um, you know, eventually we have done this in the past, but we need to get like, again, our library, like, edited, Mm -hmm. but I can post a video from, for example, this podcast, a clip from here. Um, We've done graphics of things that I've said in in past posts and those take off. But as for the content strategy in the beginning of the week, it's a post about the podcast middle of the week. It's like my marketing content um, that I, you know, think will help marketers. And then at the end of the week, it's, you know, one final post about the podcast episode of the week. Um, So I think like that cadence has been, you know, pretty good when it comes to like giving exposure to one, the podcast, and then two myself as a content creator. So that's how we, we tackle it. And right now we're not posting on weekend weekends. I used to do that and get pretty decent reach to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, and then the summer happened and like no one was on LinkedIn during the summer. <laughs> so I just stopped and I haven't picked it up again yet, but I kind of enjoy having the weekends uh, off when it comes yeah, to yeah, like yeah. posting, but who knows? I mean, I see a lot of people posting and, and doing well. Um, I just need a breather. Now, do you have certain themes, topics um, that you enjoy talking about specifically on LinkedIn? Um, I'm just curious to know what the approach is when it comes to the type of content you're going to write. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I pick a, a main topic, right? So for me, that's like marketing or B2B marketing. Um, and then from there, I have like subcategories. So I have, um, I like love to talk about brand and like how to build a brand, um, love to talk about, um, content and content strategy. And then on top of that, I enjoy talking about websites and website strategy. So those are like all under the marketing umbrella, mm-hmm. but like it gives you some nuances to be like, Oh, what do I want to, what do I want to talk about today? And then you don't have this huge, broad spectrum of content. It's actually more niche. Um, so that's how I look at it. It's been really helpful to kind of stay in a couple of lanes and then one main lane um, as like, you know, marketing as a whole. What's your favorite type of content to post? That would probably be a text post. Really? I think. Yeah. I mean, you can just like throw it up really easily. Um, but h- however, though, I've really enjoyed like putting some thought into like a graphic that portrays something. So for example, mm-hmm. I threw up a graphic uh, earlier this week. It was like branding versus brand. Mm-hmm. And like, 
what branding is and then what brand is. And I put a line down the middle and like did like a listicle. So you could see like the differences and it took off and a lot of people enjoyed it. (laughs) And that was like really cool from a, a content creator standpoint to be like the visual aspect of it is just as important as the content um, because people, it was a thumb stopper. They could see it in the feed, get the visuals. There was like some emojis on it and stuff like that, or some icons. And that was really actually really fun to put together. Um, So I don't know, it takes a little bit longer to do that, but that's a a fun medium as well. And you currently have that post, right? That you worked on, um, on your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Yeah. You can go look at it. I'll probably put it in the feed. It's not in the future, but I'll do that today. That's a good idea. <laughs> do it. That's awesome. I saw the Chris Walker one. That was really good. That one was um, the slides, right? The slide deck. Yeah, that was fun yeah. too. It was, um, yeah. So what he said in the interview was like, here are five things that I would ask uh, any company, like if he was in a marketing role, which he's right. not anymore. So he said, if I were to go get hired for a marketing role, here are five things that I would ask the company. And what we did, and he said that on the podcast, he went through each one of them, we turned it into a slide deck. So each of the decks or each of the pages was like another thing that he would say. And then we go in depth as to why. Um, So that that actually took off as well. But that's a a really underrated tool when it comes to LinkedIn are those slide decks because the the user experience is pretty good. If you ask me from like a consuming side of things. I think it's because it's time consuming to create. I don't think yeah. a lot of people do that. I think a lot it of does people... take, it does take a while for sure. Yeah. But once you get a couple of templates, it's, it's a little bit easier to stick stuff in. And like our free hack is like Canva. We don't use Photoshop or anything. Uh, you can create some nice life. stuff in, in Canva. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can do LinkedIn posts. You can do every kind of post on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I've seen you also changing your, I don't know if it's the branding, um, but just more the look and feel um, of your images when it comes to quoting someone, which I really like. It looks more like a studio feel when it has yeah. the gradient in it. So I'm like, wow, that looks really nice. So yeah, that, the, the thing that go ahead. the thing we ran into is I think the creative was getting a little redundant. And I think that can happen if you're like right. using the same template for things. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that people will tune out the the content if the creative is like the same and it doesn't really stick out. And I know that like the content is the most important part, right? but at the end of the day, like if your videos have been the same color or, or like the same look for the last year, or like your, mm-hmm. the graphics that you put out have been the same look for the past year, like that will get tuned out in the feed. And I know I have done that from a consuming standpoint. Like when I see the same thing over and over again, it just kind of gets redundant. Right. Um, so that was, that was a thought process behind that. And uh, I, I do agree. It looks a little bit, more sharp if you ask me the new stuff yeah so. i like it <laughs> got that studio feel i'm like ooh, this yeah is nice <laughs> that was really really nice um when it comes to videos do you try to keep it on linkedin do you try to keep it under a certain time do you have a limit with that no but i try to keep it above a certain time i actually mm-hmm. don't like to go below 30 or 45 seconds for a video i just feel like you can't get a lot of value in a video if it's less than that, um, which is kind of backwards if you think about how people approach video marketing or there's just content through video um, as right. a whole. But I'm trying to think the longest video I've ever put out on LinkedIn, maybe two minutes, two and a half minutes. Um, gotcha. As long as it just doesn't like trail off and like the value is still there, mm-hmm. then you could go for as long as you need. But I wouldn't take our whole podcast here and just stick it on, on LinkedIn. It does need to be some sort of micro clip for sure. Maybe don't go like, I've seen some eight minute videos on LinkedIn and I actually watched yeah. the whole thing. Cause it was really interesting. Yeah, like the yeah. content delivered. Um, 
I, it really just depends on how good the content is and, and are people going to consume it? That's true. Now you roll up your sleeves and you actually do the video editing yourself. What software do you use for video editing? Uh, DaVinci Resolve um, is what I'm using. And that's like, for me, so how our, our business is structured, I'm over like the mark, sales and marketing, right? So I do all of that. And then mm-hmm. operations we have handled. And then, you know, finance side we have handled. So I'm like, like you said, the sleeves are rolled up, but that's yeah. going to be the first thing that's that very soon coming off my plate because it, it takes a while to even just to do one video of myself. It's like even like right. TikTok, for example, you know, so that's coming off my plate very, very soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like it because you're in the interviews and you know where to chop them up and you also you understand marketing where you can actually you know put the keywords put the headline put whatever needs to be done on there so i really like it because a lot of people don't go through the experience that just pass it off but then Mm -hmm. they make the video editor guy make all the assumptions or girl make all the assumptions Mm -hmm. and have to guess what they want which sucks like you have yeah. a process down to where you you can literally it's document you can document it and be like here you go for the video yeah. editor this is exactly what we do so just take over so i think getting the process documented is super important and mm-hmm. that always changes right i mean you mentioned youtube shorts like that was never part of the strategy now it's going to be yeah <laughs> so you know what here's a tip though um So for me, when it comes to like, I do the interviews, right? And then instead of sitting through a 45 minute interview and trying to scroll through and find an interesting point, if you're proactive during the interview to like take notes and be like, good clip 14 minutes in, that's what I'm writing. I'm just writing stuff. And then I throw it in a Google doc um, with like the questions so that like whoever's editing, whether it's me or if we get someone to edit to go in and do the video, like they can go in and look at the notes that I took during the interview and it can say 14 minutes in great clip about brand, uh, 19 minutes in awesome clip about uh, website strategy, whatever it may be. And that's a yeah. huge time saver. So just like be proactive to do that and like intentional and you're going to save yourself hours and your team hours yeah. of time. Totally. Now I want to do also a little shout out to your podcast and I want you to go ahead and touch a little bit about it too, because people that tune into the show, they're either watching or listening to this and they're also B2B marketing professionals and you offer a B2B marketing podcast as well. So, and I know these professionals are always looking for other podcast names to subscribe and listen to, to get some valuable information from. So go ahead and insert it. Let's hear it. Yeah. The show is called B2B made simple. And like you mentioned, uh, we do have pretty similar audiences, which is cool. Um, so if you enjoy marketing, uh, and even if it's not B2B marketing, um, marketing principles are the same, whether it's B2C, B2G, B2D, uh, B2B, whatever you might, uh, I don't even think B2D is one, but whatever it might be, um, marketing principles apply. So that's what we talk about on our show. And, uh, would happy be happy for anybody to come over and, and take a look. Yeah. So listen. How, <laughs> how did you get started with the podcast? Um, and then I'm sure you also went through a rebrand. So you want to mm-hmm. touch a little bit about that? Yeah. So the podcast has been going on for about two and a half years, maybe two, two and a half years. It was originally called small business made simple. And the whole reason behind it was a business strategy to create content for our ideal customers. 
Um, so what we do is website development and we used to do that for small businesses. And then, um, we started moving upstream to B2B SaaS and, uh, we took the podcast with it and rebranded and turned it into a marketing podcast instead of a business strategy podcast, Mm -hmm. um, to further like help and bring education and, um, value to, our new ideal customers, which is the B2B SaaS world. Um, so that's, that was the strategy behind it. And uh, it's, it's worked. I mean, we're, we're sitting in sales calls now um, and people are like, yeah, I listen to your podcast. Um, that's kind of why we're here today. And it's like really cool to know that like they're listening. Right. And I've had people tell me like, it's nothing new on a zoom call when we're talking about a website project because they actually know me from our podcast. It's really interesting how that works. Right now. How many episodes deep are you in? Um, the number on the thing says like 170, but there's like a bunch of like around there, but there's a bunch yeah. of episodes that weren't really numbered. So maybe 200, 210, I don't know, somewhere now, around there. <laughs> does, now, does that matter to you? Uh, not really, but it is like good to have a bunch because more people like see it and they they see you as more of a credible show. So like mm. once you get up past 50, I think that people are like, oh, like, this is, this is like something that's going to continue and has been going for a while. Do you also check podcast analytics or do you care about the podcast analytics? <laughs> yeah, I overly care about them, to be honest. Unfortunately, <laughs> like that doesn't really mean too much. Um, but like audience growth is important to me for sure. Um, and we're not like a massive show. We don't have a massive audience by any means, but um, I could probably do better with like taking a week off without looking at them. But it's just like fun to me. It's like my baby. Mm-hmm. Um so it is fun to look at. It's like the stock market. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't crash. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's pretty much what it is. I moved my, uh, my, my acorns or my Robinhood app way deep into my phone. So I don't look at it <laughs> so, and turn off notifications. So I should probably do the same thing for, for anchor. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. That's funny. Um, it's like a dopamine thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, my I'm a hundred percent guilty of this. <laughs> Can't say what? it's right, but yeah. What's interesting that you touched on, and I 100% agree with this, is the top of mind strategy, uh, being in sales calls and them saying, you've been limiting my feed. Every time I go to my feed, you're the first one that pops up. Uh, That stuff works. Um, And if you didn't have a podcast, I mean, people wouldn't really know you, really know, you know, one click agency, wouldn't really know um, the guests that you bring on the show, right? wouldn't be in sales meetings with you. I mean, yes, you can post different content, but it's just crazy how much content you can get from just a podcast. And it's crazy that a lot of B2B companies don't have a podcast show still Mm -hmm. and don't see value in it or they're on the fence, but are too focused on, is this going to bring us ROI, but don't really understand uh, the top of mind strategy approach. Mm-hmm. And for yeah. us, we could get way more content out of ours. It's just, it's not something that we're doing right now. Like we could do so much more and get like distribute the content way better. Um, totally. But this is just what we're, we're committed to right now. And it's like, it's wild how much you can actually get out of it. You could really get a ton from one episode, one episode yeah. alone. No, totally. I mean, even for us, like we can chop it up and totally overwhelm the video editor and everything, but yeah. <laughs> spit out so much on YouTube and LinkedIn and TikTok and all, but we're just like, let's just keep it simple. One full video, mm-hmm. one short clip, just the way you're, you're doing it too. Right. Um, 
and that's been working. It's super helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think if people do have the resources and everything, um, yeah, spit it out every day. Mm-hmm. If you can, um, doesn't have to be 30 minutes. It can just be like two minutes. The clips yeah. can be just so short that you can just start pumping those out on YouTube, TikTok, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The distribution needs to be the priority more than anything, because like you can create the content all you want, but if no one's going to consume it, then like what's really the point at the end of the day. Why did you start a podcast other than I know it's the right thing to do? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was to build relationships with ideal buyers. And then two, um, and by build relationships, I don't mean them to bring someone on and then sell to them right after I uh, do a podcast. That's a huge right. no-no in my book. It's like no strings attached, 100%. And then uh, to deliver value for ideal buyers, because they're going to come on and listen to their peers um, and what's going on in the industry. So those two things, it was like two birds, one stone. Mm. I love that. Awesome. Do you you want to touch on anything else, Sam? I know we're coming up on time now. Um, There was something that came to mind. This was really interesting. So for our show, uh, I reached out on LinkedIn to CMOs and VPs. and someone I had never met, but I was connected with, it was a CMO. I, I messaged them and I said, Hey, would you like to come on our show? They said, Hey, like the timing just isn't right right now. Um, could we follow up in like Q1? By the way, I've been seeing your content in the feed. We are 100% aligned. This is going to be a good show. And I'm like, Oh, that's super cool. Like I've in my mind, I'm thinking, <laughs> I've never seen you comment. I've never seen you engage with the post, but obviously you've been consuming the content which is really interesting. Um, so like you have to keep in mind when it comes to LinkedIn or Instagram or, or TikTok, the likes and the vanity metrics mm-hmm. don't necessarily mean anything. They are very helpful and they can definitely give you a, like you can get a pulse on what's going on, but there's a lot of people in the shadows consuming the content and remembering who you are, right? even though you've never talked to them. So that might, hopefully that's some encouragement, but that, I thought that was really interesting that uh, she said that this week. That's awesome. No, seriously. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about right there. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It's relationship building one-on-one. No joke. Now for those listening or watching this, uh, Sam Oss again, you can find him on LinkedIn. And then also you can find his new and improved YouTube channel, uh, one click agency. And you can also visit his, he revamped some of his website because him and I have been talking back and forth. So he's yeah. got a lot of cool stuff on his website. Check it out. Oneclickagency.com. And Sam, again, as always, my friend, thanks for joining. Always a great conversation. Hey, Seuss, I appreciate you having me back on, man. This is great. You too.